If you can figure a way, and it's actually fairly easy, to find companies that you want to work for, as opposed to chasing after posted jobs, if you're an accountant, if you're a secretary, if you're pretty much no matter what you are, most companies have a need for that person or that position. And you just don't know where those hidden jobs are because they are looking for you. They can't afford to have the 1,200 applications and spend all that time on them. So they can actually look for you and find you within a matter of moments. Welcome to Star of the Doubts. I'm your host, Jared Easley. Our co-host today is Dr. Tommy Grover from TommyGrover.com. Tommy is also the host of the soon-to-launch Compelled podcast. Hey, Tommy. Good morning, Jared. Good morning. We are fortunate today to speak with Jeff Sheehan and Al Smith. Jeff and Al are the authors of the new book, Hired, Paths to Employment in the Social Media Era. It is an extensive look at the steps today's job seekers should take to secure employment in the social media era. It's based on the experiences the two co-authors have encountered over the past four years speaking to and coaching thousands of job seekers. Hired presents a multifaceted approach to getting a job, utilizing a myriad of tools. Each of these methods is discussed and explained so they can be implemented effectively, positioning you to secure a new position in the shortest period of time. Jeff and Al, it is a pleasure to have you. Welcome to the show. Great to be joining you today. Pleasure's really ours. appreciate it. Awesome. So whenever I have a guest on the podcast, I always ask them the same question to kick off, and that is, what is the best concert that you have ever been to? <laughs> By far and large, was Paul McCartney when he played here in Atlanta. It'll be five years ago this August, and he played at Piedmont Park, and it was just absolutely incredible. Best events I've ever been to in my life. And mine was a little venue called Tipitina's in New Orleans, where I went to listen to the meters and ended up listening to a set with Jimmy Buffett. Wow. <laughs> he just That's cool. came in, had some fun, and, and did other things that we can't mention on the radio. <laughs> did you know he was going to be there, I had no idea. As a matter, he wow, was the headliner was at a Mardi Gras concert at the Superdome that year, way back in the Stone Ages. <laughs> okay. Is the Stone Ages, is that alluding to something that happened on stage as well? or uh, Outside the stage, actually. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No. No, well, let's move into blank versus blank. We're going to give you a couple of options if you'd be willing to pick one and maybe a short reason why. Tommy, would you kick us off? Sure. Jeff, would you rather see live in concert Jay Lawhorn, Brittany Shaw, or the Woodies? <laughs> Who would I rather see? I'm not really sure. To be honest with you. you really stumped me with that one. <laughs> I think those are probably local Atlanta groups. Maybe Lawhorn. Okay. <laughs> and why? Just because you could remember the name, right? <laughs> no, just briefly once, but I'm not sure if I'd go to a complete concert or not. <laughs> <laughs> he was actually an uh, opening act for one concert I, I did go to that I remember. So Good times. A little YouTube homework for the listeners there. <laughs> so real quick, we're just going to talk. We're still on blank versus blank. And this one will go over to Al. So we're going to talk about resumes for a minute. Hybrid combination versus functional chronological. Well, I'm really glad you asked that question. My preference, let me say first. Functional never, ever, ever, ever. Why? Because as soon as a recruiter or talent acquisition manager sees a functional resume, they believe that you're trying to hide something, which chances are real good you are. The chronological resume, generally speaking, we call it a career obituary because it starts with your most recent position and goes all the way back to when the Dead Sea had the sniffles. <laughs> But if you take a piece of paper, looking at a piece of paper portrait, then fold it in half, 
you see the fold in the middle. And the most important real estate on your resume is that section above the fold from the top below your name to the middle. And if you haven't caught their attention by then, assuming, of course, that you actually have a live body looking at your resume, you will have lost them. If you don't catch them in the first two to six seconds, which is how long it takes a recruiter, quote, read a resume, you haven't gotten them. So our suggestion is a hybrid slash combination resume because you tend to move most most important factual evidence of what you're going to be like after you're hired to above the fold, you catch their attention and you show that employer what you're going to be like and what you actually have done and can do. Awesome. We're going to ask a few more icebreaker questions. So the next portion here is finish this sentence and we'll give you the beginning of a sentence. And if you'd be willing to complete the sentence. (laughs) Hey, this is the hot seat, gentlemen. So (laughs) I'm not supposed to call you that. Hot seat, I'm standing up. Yeah. (laughs) Is this where we start cursing? (laughs) This is where I start cursing. This is where we turn on the webcam and look at the ceiling there. All right. So Tommy, if you'd kick us off with the first finish this sentence. Sure. If you ever get a chance to travel the world via Delta Airlines... I have traveled the world by Delta. I was a million and a half miler at Delta. So I was one of their best customers at a t- at one time. And I love Delta. I have been to numerous cities with Delta. And the services are really good. And I got to know a lot of the flight attendants almost on a personal basis. I was on some of the flights so frequently. So, you know, Delta is uh, certainly my favorite airline. What can it be other than Delta in, right, in Atlanta? Correct. Yeah. If you ever get a chance to travel the world blank, well, what do you do? <laughs> don't turn it down. Don't turn it down. <laughs> Where would you not want to go? I can't imagine someplace that you wouldn't want to go with Delta or all their partners. How can you stop wanting to stop learning about the world around you and the things in it? I can't imagine anybody wanting to do that. Al, this one's for you. This is finish this sentence uh-oh, again. Uh-oh. If you are sitting at your desk on LinkedIn all day looking for a job blank you're wasting your time you can set up many things that work for you when you're doing other things we're big believers in setting up processes that will help you while you're doing other things like getting in front of real live people and especially people that have jobs We spend an inordinate amount of time, over 90% of our time, according to a multi-generational study, over 90% of our time online and over 85, I believe it's 85% of our time online on job boards. And folks, it's the black hole. If you use that. There should be tools, tools to be used and not don't sit there all day. Use them to go out and meet people and greet people. Because that's the way, by networking that, is really the way that you're going to find your next position. Yeah, otherwise you turn into jobless the hut, all puns intended. (laughs) How about this next one? One of the best places to find business-to-business events is blank. Basically, you can look in the paper. I think here in Atlanta, one of the probably the best sources, the Atlanta Business Chronicle. There are other newspapers throughout the country for finding events. You can go into meetup.com. You can find business events. And that's a very, very good source. A lot of them tend to be local in nature. But then you can do search for your associations for the particular industries that you're involved with and see what they have for local events. Most of them have societies here and local cities and that. The other thing you can do is go into LinkedIn, join some of the groups for your respective profession, and they will invariably have discussion topics concerning events that you can take a look at and perhaps attend those events in your respective location. 
And a little addendum to that, if there are association events or conventions that you can anyway get into, inviting, actually sending an invitation to individuals that you want to meet is a great way to have real meaningful face-to-face time in front of folks. I did this once when I was in transition a number of years ago. There was a convention in Chicago for the American Academy of Dermatology. The summer convention is notoriously poorly attended because I sent invitations. I sent two presidents. I had six meetings, five of which were with company presidents. Okay, Jeff, this is for you. The last finish this sentence, lucky winner. My job board site of choice is? Probably simply hiring because aggregator in that. And you tend to, if you can go to some of the actual aggregators, you're a lot better off because of the fact that you're not chasing your tail and having to go to multiple sites. You update it once a week with just a brief little change in maybe a word or the way that you cross a T or dot an I. What'll happen is that will position you as a recent applicant for that particular job so that the messages with regard to your update and that will be sent out to various hiring managers, or various recruiters and that. Yeah, we suggest that you update your resume, your posted resume every week on Friday before right. noon. Change a colon, a, a comma into a semicolon this week and a, a semicolon back to a comma next week. Right. It keeps it current in the system. It's one of those goofy little tricks that most people aren't aware of, but it keeps you on the top. No, that's good to know. We're going to talk more about that for (laughs) sure. Tommy, let's do true or false. True or false, gentlemen. 80% of jobs are not posted on job boards. True. True. According to CNN Money and Forbes and a number of places over the years. Well, that's encouraging. (laughs) Actually, it it is. It's it's good because if you know how to work the system and find them, then you're a much more advantageous position with regard to finding a job because you're not competing against 1,200 people for that one administrative assistant job. And And we've seen that all too frequently around here in Atlanta where one position might generate 1,200 resumes. Yeah, we use that example from a large company. Fortune 500 company. Yeah, Fortune 150 company that was here. They had one position for a an administrative assistant and received over 1,200 applications. And you know, if you can figure a way, and it's actually fairly easy to find companies that you want to work for, as opposed to chasing after posted jobs. If you're an accountant, if you're a secretary, if you're pretty much no matter what you are, most companies have a need for that person or that position, and you just don't know where those hidden jobs are because they are looking for you. They can't afford to have the 1,200 applications and spend all that time on them so they can actually look for you and find you within a matter of moments. Right. And if you have the skill set and you present yourself accordingly, they may even create a job for you. Yeah. Okay. So it's likely that some of the listeners to this show have not heard of either of you. They're not, just not familiar with you yet. So if we could just take a quick minute and, and Al and Jeff, you'd be willing to introduce yourself. Sure. Go ahead. Okay. Again, my name is uh, Jeff Sheehan, and I've uh, been in marketing sales for 30 plus years, worked with some of the world's largest high-tech companies, including Apple, Intel, Hewlett-Packard, Dell, IBM, AT&T, Cisco Systems, to name a few, as well as many other companies. And as like I mentioned, I have traveled the world. And over the last (coughs) four and a half years, I've been extensively involved in the career ministry services here in the greater Atlanta area, and have been speaking regularly to multiple groups on using LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Google for the uh, job search and joined with Al uh, two and a half years ago and formed a company called Transition Sherpa to assist individuals with the job search. And then what we did is we took that and used it as a basis for this book. And I'm Al Smith. 
on the book cover, it's Alfred M. With a name like Al Smith, you have to do something kind of crazy. But I've been at the executive level for seven different companies in five different industries. So I jokingly say to places where I speak, either I can't keep a job or I have transferable skills. And my guess is that you and all your listeners have transferable skills too. And being able to take those existing skills, what you've learned and earned over the past however many years you've been in the professional world, and using those skills and renaming them, rebranding yourself and differentiating yourself is what will help you get jobs, plural, in the future. Again, I've been in the consumer paper business, the clothing business, the medical, hospital, internet marketing. So it's a great wide swath that I've burned through the South here and the country. It sounds like the book Hired is a compilation of a lot of learning over a period of time. What was your goal in writing the book and what do you really hope that you're creating out of that Well, I think at least both of us, we have a lot of empathy for the people that are job seekers out there. You would not believe the stories that we've heard. I've actually had people that, one lady one night at the career ministry run here in Atlanta, I came up and she was actually crying on my shoulder because she had lost almost everything. She couldn't find work. And very, very discouraging. You get very touched by a lot of these stories. So both of them have seen so much that we wanted to put something together, which we feel would help people find a new job in the quickest period of time. And talk about all the tools. The other thing we wanted to stress is the fact that people have to realize in this day and age, they may not get the job that they had previously or something comparable. So they have to think outside the box. They have to look at other opportunities out there and position themselves accordingly. But more importantly, now what we're invented into is a 1099 society where the average job tenure is anywhere from 2.4 to 2.7 years. So people have to be prepared and utilize for finding a new position sometime in the future. It's And barely it will happen to them. So this is really a guide that takes them from point A to point B with regards to the job search. And it's based upon what we had called within the transition Sherper area for our business with regard to a total guidebook. A Sherper is a guide for mountains, as you know, with just happened on Mount Everest. And we're basically the guides for that job search. And we do it through this uh, book. Yeah. One of the problems that I've had over the years that I've been in either in job transition or teaching people how to get out of transition is that there's an over-reliance on resumes and cover letters and job boards and these traditional methods that everybody knows about and have worked in the past. But there's this great evolution that's taken over. Just think 15 years ago, which isn't all that long, everybody went to their newspaper circled the jobs that applied to them, put a resume in an envelope, marched down to the post office and stuck it in the mail. And your resume went to people and people read your resume. And that's how we got jobs, more or less. Only 15, or I'm sorry, 20 years ago, 1994, the job board started popping up with Monster being first, but they weren't huge behemoths like they are now. And then LinkedIn, which is the present darling, is only 11 years old the next month. And when it first came out, it was only for tech geeks out in Silicon Valley. So what we believe and we think everybody should know is every possible way to get a job. Whether we think it's valid or not isn't important. What's important is that you can choose like a smorgasbord among all these tools. Some things work for me and they won't work for you. So you need to use or be availed of all the tools that are out there, not just the standard ones. And most of the people who are pushing the standard methods of finding a job are trying to sell you something. 
Yeah, and then it's a one-size-fits-all mentality. It's not the case. Yeah. A lot of the people that listen to this show are, they have the day job, but they're also considering or aspiring to have a side business or maybe even become an entrepreneur. So let's talk about that. Have you seen a shift in today's market toward entrepreneurism and then would hired help someone to explore entrepreneurship instead? Most definitely with regard to that. However, I think what we've seen is people, and I tend to experience some respects when I first was downsized, is basically you develop a corporate mentality where it's somewhat like being institutionalized, where when you come out of a corporate environment, very, very difficult to think as an entrepreneur. So what we're seeing is a lot of people that have been outsourced or downsized, whatever, that have been in corporate environments have an extremely difficult time developing any entrepreneurial bent. They still have that corporate mentality that they're going to get a corporate job. So it's very, very difficult. However, there are others out there that have developed the entrepreneurial skills and they're aggressively pursuing that. They may fall flat in their face a few times before they're successful, but nevertheless, they're out there pursuing those opportunities. And we're seeing more and more of it. Here in Atlanta, it's just a hotbed of entrepreneurial activity. I'm seeing it all over the place. However, it's more you know people that have not been within large uh, corporate environments over the entire lifetime, that they're looking for that next corporate job more so. Yeah. And in the book, we want to get other people's opinions and experts' opinions. And with regard to entrepreneurialism, we have contributors that talk about exi- buying an existing business, creating your own business from scratch, and purchasing a franchise. franchise. Thank you. It'll come to me eventually. So there are options out there. Some are more or less risky than others, and they needed to be explored. And having an expert talk about that, in our opinion, is better than just having a couple of talking heads that are giving generalizations. Yeah. And the other thing is what I've observed in my four and a half year journey is a a lot of people that have been in in corporate environments that do have any type of entrepreneurial event have gone into, like Alice said, with the franchises and that they haven't necessarily bought a lot of businesses. But they've also gone into MLMs, with, and some of them have been very, very successful in that regard. I know some that have fallen flat in their face in that. However, I know s- several that have been very, very successful in taking those businesses and have used, been involved with them for years and are making a comfortable living. Right. Which So again, we want to make people aware of all the options that are out there, not just the standard. Right. I have a question. MLM stands for multi-level marketing, right? Yes, correct. Correct. Okay. It seems to be a trend in job seekers that there's this whole group of the older workers who are having to do a relaunch in their job seeking kind of a challenge to their thinking about all of these different options that you've written about in the book. Is there one place that you would really recommend for an older learner who's maybe new to this whole stratosphere to get started and to think about job seeking in a very different way? Again, I hate to push the book, but I think the book certainly addresses that. And there's certainly within their respective areas, probably some government agencies or educational institutions that will actually provide some job training for them. But they need to, like here in this uh, general area, is one that does a very good job at Southern Polytech uh, State University for taking people and retraining them for areas that are hot. For instance, they have a program there in the healthcare area, which is very, very effective and is right now they're putting, I think, between 20 and 25 people through that program. So you have to, again, think outside the box. Think about industries that are 
growing like crazy and catch that next wave. If you're going to pursue something, go in and get the skill sets you need to catch that next wave and ride that for several years. It's the best thing that you possibly could do for yourself. Yeah. There are a couple other sources that we should name other than touting our own. There's a fellow in England named Steve Preston who has a book called Winning Through Redundancy. A woman in New York, Abby Kohut, who has a book that's titled 101 Job Search Secrets. And there's another guy in the New York area, Lavi Margolin, who has a book named The LinkedIn Butterfly Effect. All of them are really valuable. So I don't want to just tout our own, but there are other people who are preaching a similar gospel. Uh, Finally, after all these years, people are getting away from just the, the regular things. I hope that the baby boomers out there are not getting depressed because there are advantages that we have, they have over younger folks that if they can position themselves correctly and bring up all the positives that they bring to the table, they can actually position themselves more effectively than some of the other age groups. Correct. One of the things that's really on the minds of the people who are listening to this show is networking. They want to grow their personal network. And in the new age of social media, what's the most important to do for job seekers wanting to grow their network? One of the things I would highly recommend, and I think we both actually recommend this, is if you're going to go to a networking event and you have any way of finding out who's going to be there, study who's going to be there, and Target individuals that you want to talk to because you can go to a networking meeting and all you can do is you pass out business cards, you collect business cards. What it is, you don't establish those relationships. You need to find three or four key individuals that you feel that you can help or can be of help to you and target them, make a point of talking to them. Then it's very, very important that you follow up with them after the networking event and see if you can arrange for a coffee session or a lunch or a general meeting with them to discuss what you have with regard to skills and what you might bring to the party with regard to being able to help them, either with their personal lives, their volunteer activities, or their respective businesses. And that is a way that you make friends, and that's the way that you network in this day and age. It's You don't do drive-by shooting uh, type of networking <laughs> approach. It's just go out and collect business cards. It's not going to get you anywhere. And to take that even a step further is to use LinkedIn as a tool. If you pick your area of expertise, join groups that are in that area, connect with people through the discussions, and then we don't have to be actually face-to-face. We could do this via Skype. As we've done recently, we're now associated with somebody at the University of Michigan and at uh, University of Oklahoma, both of whom are veterans advocates. And we have uh, scheduled meetings on a regular basis to help veterans and new college graduates. And that was done through LinkedIn networking. We're speechless. If we haven't mentioned networkingthebook.com. <laughs> All right, Tommy, let's go to the question for the generation question. Okay, great. For a generation who has only ever searched for a job in their younger years before social media, how would you give them some direction for today when juggling all of these various social media can be really challenging? Uh, the first thing uh, I would do for them is they actually, if they don't have a LinkedIn profile, they definitely need to set that up because 93% of the recruiters out there use LinkedIn as a primary tool for sourcing candidates. So it's very, very important that they have a LinkedIn profile, professional photo, and that they become a so-called all-star on LinkedIn with a number of connections. We advocate having 500 plus uh, connections because it gives you a great deal of credibility within the LinkedIn world as far as recruiters are concerned. 
and just using it as a tool for inbound marketing and also for locating candidates, joining groups, participating in them, and commenting on them accordingly so that you position yourself as an influencer and thought leader within the respective groups. Because what will happen is recruiters and that will reach out to people who they perceive as thought leaders because they feel that they can make a great contribution to a prospective employer. You have to think about it in a marketing sense. Coca-Cola is number one for a reason. They're out there. They're pushing their product. You can't help but see the product. And job search is the same way. And to take another example, uh, Google, everybody has Googled something. And according to research, the very first thing that you find in your Google search, very first thing on page one, position number one, gets one third of all hits. And what's good for Google is good for job search. So you need to be out there so you can be found. You must use the same methods that Google products and services use, which is a search engine optimization. That's which is a fancy term for using the right keywords, the words that people are utilizing to find products and services. And that's exactly what a job candidate is. You're a product that needs to be bought or a service that needs to be uh, utilized, but you have to be found in order for them to buy you. And we do something, we talk about something we dub words to work, because if you want to get work, you've got to use the right words, the right terms within your resume and all your social media platforms so that when they're looking and they are looking based on the 82% of jobs that are never posted, they're looking for you. So you need to be found. And the other thing I'd like to emphasize with regard to that, our good friend, uh, Dan Jordan, who is a well-known national speaker and a recruiter and runs a staffing agency as well, is he coins it, you are now a salesperson. Everyone that's a job seeker is a salesperson. And a recruiter and a marketer. And a recruiter and a marketer. So you have to think along those lines. You can no longer sit back. You have to go out there and develop the sales skills and that to market yourself as a product. And one of the things that I advocate is that everyone who's a job seeker Go out and take a look at Toastmasters International. It's something I've been a member of for about three years now. And it's perhaps the best thing that I ever did with my life with regard to communication, self-improvement and that. And as a job seeker, you want to have the best possible ability to present yourself accordingly to prospective employers. Gentlemen, we're going to transition just for a little bit. For some of our listeners, they're aspiring authors. So what advice do you have for those listeners who are considering the possibility of co-writing a book? Well, first of all, don't think you're going to make a million bucks because it's not going to happen. <laughs> you're going to make no, two no, million. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're working on our second million right now. Yeah, on we're working on our second million because we gave up on the yeah, first. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for that encouraging comment. But seriously, I would suggest that you start writing. Well, you got to start writing, period. But make a list of the things that you want to include or you believe need to be included. The order of them doesn't matter at this point. Just getting the material down is the most important thing. You can adjust it later. As a matter of fact, it was frightening to read for the first time some of the material I'd written down because I was writing so fast. It was like, oh, my God, what the are you that illiterate, Al? Getting it down is the first thing that you have to do. Put some structure involved with regard to a, an outline, a table of contents and that, and start filling that with the material that you've accumulated, and then start filling in the holes with uh, more material. Do a lot of research in that and put it all together. And then also uh, make sure that you leave your weapons at home when you get together because you can get into some heated arguments over the way that the no, book just flows. No, oh, just one. Just okay. one heated argument. Oh, That's okay. all. Okay. We only had one heated oh. argument. 
it's a lot of fun in a lot of respects, but it takes a lot of time, and it's not as easy as people allude to. Our book is 300 pages, very, very nice compendium of different things, and it took a long time to put together. Yeah, it took six months from start yeah. to finish, but it was based on probably four years, four and a half years of material that we've assembled. Right. Great. Well, I think it's probably time for us to look at how we wrap up and put a bow on all of this. Is there somebody who's doing something in this area that really interests you guys? In the job search area? Right. Here in the southeast of the United States, there is a great group of church-based career ministries that tend to help folks as well as anything else. In addition, there are coaches throughout the country and indeed throughout the world that people should consider investing in. There's something that I call the paradox of thrift, or it's a term in economics where if during a recession, everybody stops buying, the economy gets even worse. Well, the same thing happens in job search or when you lose your job, we tend to go into an economic hole. But this may be the best time to invest one in assessment, a professional assessment, a coach, certainly in various books. I've mentioned a few of them already. But job coaches can help save months and tens of thousands of dollars. We had a client come to us, and we're not promoting our coaching service, come to us after 18 months of searching on his own. And he figured, when I showed him what this probably cost or how to figure out the cost of transition, he said, oh my God, this has cost me $320,000 in lost income, plus the expenses that everybody continues to have. You know, the money's not coming in, but money's still going out. Plus, he wasn't able to save for his retirement. And this was a guy who was approaching 60, and he doesn't have that much time. So finding a good job coach can help save you tens of thousands of dollars in the process. It's one of the many ways that we think are excellent methods for finding a job. Guys, what is the best place for the listeners to pick up their copy of Hired and connect with you online? Basically, if the book itself, we have a website, it's hiredthebook.com. That's H-I-R-E-D-B-O-O-K, T-H-E-B-O-O-K.com, <laughs> You can find Jeff Sheehan. You can see me on Twitter and the contact information there is through the book itself. Uh, Jeff Sheehan, 2010 at gmail.com. And by the time this is aired, it'll be on Amazon as well. The manuscript is being converted to Kindle. And as soon as that happens, we'll be on Amazon as well. But uh, of course, we'd prefer you to go to Hired the Book, H-I-R-E-D-T-H-E-B-O-O-K. I got it right. (laughs) Hiredthebook.com. And if you do, we'll sign it and send that out to you right away too. Cool. Thank you. Awesome. Do you guys have any final thoughts for the listeners? Well, stay positive. Yes. That's the most important thing you can do. Don't let the negativity in you get away from it as much as you possibly can. And just keep moving forward. You will find a job or you will find an opportunity for yourself that will, in a lot of cases, be much better than what you had previously. And you just have to think along those lines. It's so much of it is emotionally and mentally based with regard to the success that you'll achieve. Yeah. And always think from the other side of the desk is if you have to think what they want, whoever the hiring manager might be. Think what their needs are as opposed to what your needs are, and you're much more likely to get a job more quickly. Correct. That's good advice. Jeff and Al, we really appreciate your time. Best wishes with the book and everything that you're doing, and just thank you again for all of this. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. This has been fun. It's been fun. Have a great day.
This episode of Star of the Doubts is brought to you by Carrie Oberbrunner Igniting Souls. You can get your free training and become a soul on fire over at carrieoberbrunner.com slash star of the doubts. I hope that the baby boomers out there are not getting depressed because there are advantages that we have, they have over younger folks that if they can position themselves correctly and bring up all the positives that they bring to the table, they can actually position themselves more effectively than some of the other age groups.